and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, well, we had the uh, first debate of the primary season last night. And I have to be honest, I didn't watch it, but I did a lot of research on it this morning. I didn't want to give Fox News the ratings, number one. Number two, I thought that... uh, I I thought that, uh, why bother? It's a waste of time. And from what I could see, and from what I saw, um, it it lived up to that billing. Everything was sort of mediocrity. And not only that, but when you listen to their promise, empty promises, they just sounded like politicians. Unless you can have a... uh, Unless you can have a uh, a person that speaks up about what's really going on, I think we have to agree that everything else is irrelevant. We're on we're under an existential threat to our freedoms and liberties, and nobody wants to talk about the. Uh, the uh, policies that are being pushed by the deep state and the globalist agenda. They just want to talk about things as if it's like 1990-something. Like, things have definitely changed since then. We've had Barack Obama for two terms. We are, we have Biden in the White House. We have this globalist agenda being put pushed down our throats. And for all of those reasons... There are a lot of more important topics than what the Murdoch's family and Paul Ryan would like to have you believe or think about or talk about. So we're going to get started on this. Um, Trump, truth, doubt. Donald Trump said Chris Christie was horrible tonight. He was booed at a level never seen before at such a debate. He should have walked off the stage. Nobody wanted to hear from him. 
he apparently had one of the zingers of the night, and we're going to allow Fox and Friends to give a good synopsis and rundown of what took place. Um, because, I, like I said, I didn't watch it, but what we're going to do is we're going to pause and we're going to comment on a lot of the different individual items. I've already listened to it, and I already have notes associated with that to tell you you know what I think about what what that means or what it doesn't mean. I thought that Nikki Haley and Chris Christie were the worst, yet they came off with, according to Fox News and the mainstream media, they came off as winners because they support Ukraine. And Vivek Ramaswamy, give him some credit, basically was the centerpiece of the night. It wasn't DeSantis so much. I mean, one of the things that was interesting is everybody was attacking Vivek, Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy. That's how you pronounce his name, Vivek. And they did not, you know, they they, uh, looked at Vivek, but they didn't look at DeSantis nearly as with the same scrutiny. So there's that. And then there were the rest of the candidates that barely were mentioned. So I thought that, uh, I think that what you're going to see out of this debate is Vivek accelerating in the polls. And I think DeSantis is going to take a back seat to Vivek. I think that Vivek is going to uh, be the number two to Trump in the polls. <clears throat> Whether Trump takes Vivek or not remains to be seen. I think he's young. I think his opening statement came off really goofy and amateurish. And uh, his position on TPP was something that I have to say I, I is almost a deal breaker with me. But he is trying to sound a lot more like Trump by saying he's the only one up here on the stage that wasn't bought and paid for. And of course, Chris Christie took offense to that. But Chris Christie was such a corrupt politician. And for him to do the flip-flops and remember when he gave Obama the big hug? Well, that was that was Vivek's response to Chris Christie. So... We're going to start with John Miller, or Jason Miller, who is one of the Trump advisors that was there on scene giving the post-debate remarks. So let's take a listen to that uh, here in just a second. All right, here we go. And uh, President Trump is campaigning on making America great again. We saw the greatest economy that we've had in a century, possibly ever, when President Trump was in office. He makes it very clear. He has more policy videos on his website. He gives speeches. He gives detailed interviews. He takes on the tough battles with tough reporters. He's actually doing it. And so President Trump, you saw tonight, his policies loom large over everybody on that stage. Mm -hmm. He dominated every answer, whether it's about him politically or policy-wise. And I, quite frankly, I agree with the comments earlier, President Trump looked like a genius by skipping the pig pile mm-hmm. tonight and instead doing the interview with Tucker Carlson, which, by the way, Chuck, just hit 87 
million views. So what, probably 10, a little more than tenfold than watch mm-hmm. the rest of the folks have their cat fight tonight. But here's the other thing, I think a really important point. I heard someone earlier on the panel say they thought that Sanctimonious did okay. That's not right. We saw the death of Ron DeSantis' campaign tonight as Vivek Ramaswamy leapfrog him into mm-hmm. second place. DeSantis, it didn't do good enough for him to tread water. He had to have a breakout moment, and Ramaswamy completely outshone him. I knew President Trump wasn't going to be there tonight. I didn't know Ron DeSantis was going to skip the debate as well. Well, you know, the thing is, is that everybody just chose to pick on Vivek. I think that for their strategy, that was a smart strategy. They went after number three, you know, well, number two on the stage rather than number one on the stage because they didn't want to give DeSantis the Trump appeal. So when you pick on Vivek, everybody piles on the Vivek. It made Vivek look Trumpish, like the the Trump 2.0. But he's young and goofy. He's 44 years old. He uh, put out a video without a shirt on, black socks and black shoes, hitting tennis balls, saying he's training for the debate. And he looked goofy as all get out. I mean, he he did not look like a tennis star. He looked really clownish. But that wasn't what he was going for. So I thought that was real poor judgment that he did that. And the other thing is his opening statement was something that mimicked what Obama said. I'm just a skinny young guy that nobody knows and blah, blah, blah. So we're going to hear that. But um, the zinger of the night belongs to Chris Christie when he called him out for that. But he is the $600 million man. At 44 years old, he's he's earned an income of $44 million. That's better than the Bidens ever did. And he is probably one of the smartest dudes in the room. And he's young. And he appeals to younger voters. So I could see him as being a viable candidate. I was saying also that I think Byron Donalds would make for a great running mate for Donald Trump. He doesn't have the baggage of Gates, even though I love Gates. He doesn't have the Gates baggage. He's black and he's common sense. So for a lot of reasons, and he's doubled down on uh, Trump. So I, I like Donald's, and I would not be surprised. The only problem with Donald's is I think Trump wins Florida no matter what and doesn't really need the help of Donald's. So there's the rub. But I think Donald's is one of the few people that you could trust. He's not some wolf in sheep's clothing or some rhino, which is basically the same thing. A globalist in sheep's clothing. A globalist is worse than a wolf. And that's what's going on. All right, let's take a listen to this Tucker teaser, because at the same time, you have Donald Trump joining Tucker at 8.55, five minutes before the debate. Let's take a listen to the teaser. There's two teasers we're going to have here. On Sunday, Donald Trump announced that he will not participate in tonight's Republican candidates debate hosted by Fox News in Milwaukee. Whatever you think of Trump, he is, as of tonight, the indisputable far and away frontrunner in the Republican race. We think voters have an interest in hearing what he thinks. 
So when Trump approached us about having a conversation for a far larger audience than he'd receive on cable news, we happily accepted. That interview will air tonight in this space at 8.55. We hope you'll watch. All right, so there is the teaser. Tucker on X was what it was called. It got 80... It got... Right now, it's 161.5 million views. That's a lot. That's a lot of views. So here's one of the teasers that was just ever trending. Trending on... uh, X or Twitter. Why aren't you at the Fox News debate tonight in Milwaukee? Well, you know, a lot of people have been asking me that. When you say there are people on stage who shouldn't be running for president, who do you mean? Whatever happened to Mike Pence? He's out there attacking you. What is that? Do you think Epstein killed himself sincerely? Do you think we're moving towards civil war? It's good to have you at Bedminster. It's very nice. I love it. You're saying they stole it from you last time. Why wouldn't they do the same this time? Oh, well, they'll try. They're going to be trying. Mitch McConnell was trying to get senators to impeach me. Crooked Joe Biden is so bad. He's the worst president in the history of our country. I don't think he's going to make it to the gate, but, you know, you never know. It started with protests against you, and then it moved to impeachment twice. Right. And now indictment. Are you worried that they're going to try and kill you? Why wouldn't they try and kill you, honestly? They're savage animals. They are people that are sick. So do you think it's possible that there's open conflict? I I can say this. There's a level of passion that I've never seen. There's a level of hatred that I've never seen. And that's probably a bad combination. We're doing this interview, but we'll get bigger ratings using this crazy forum that you're using than probably the debate. So that's actually, in some way, Trump's first presentation on Twitter since he was canceled. They didn't put that on Truth Social. That's kind of interesting. I, w- I wonder if they negotiated that. But of course, Tucker probably has some sort of contract with Elon Musk. So it had to be there. And, you know, by default there, Trump is actually bringing business to X, his chief competitor, rival, um, to Truth Social. So that's that's interesting in and of itself. So some of those questions, like, did Epstein kill himself? Let's take a listen to what Epstein, what <laughs> Trump had to say. I feel, but it was just interesting. I read Barr's account of his time. He wrote a book about it, right? Uh, his autobiography, and in it, he lies about Jeffrey Epstein's death. Clearly, lies. Uh-huh. Do you, do you think Epstein killed himself sincerely? I don't know. I, I will say that, you know, he was a fixture in Palm Beach. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Barr said about it either. I have no idea what he said. What did he say? He killed himself, probably? He said Is he killed himself and that they were going to do this investigation. They never did the investigation. It's never been yeah. public. Well, and they hid it. And, like, why are they doing that? He and clearly Barr knew. But why would Bill Barr be covering up the death of Jeffrey Epstein? Uh, Bill Barr didn't do an investigation on the election fraud either, okay? He said he did, and he pretended he did, but he didn't. Uh... feel, but it was just interesting. I read Barr's... So that was an interesting comment. Now let's take a listen to another clip. Uh, this is a little bit more on Epstein. Oh, sure, it's possible. I, he had a life with, you know, beautiful homes and beautiful everything, and he, uh, all of a sudden, he's incarcerated and not doing very well, but a lot of people think that he uh, he was killed. He knew a lot on a lot of people. He was killed. 
I think, think so? I think the more the closer you look, I'm not a conspiracy person at all. I, I mean, the Attorney General of the United States, your Attorney General, yeah. clearly lied about the Epstein death. Uh, yeah, he was certainly. It wasn't well done. They had no cameras. They had no anything. Everybody was sleeping, and you know, there the a case could be made. Look. <laughs> I'm not going to get involved in it, but I can tell you a case could be made either way. But uh, it certainly wasn't the most well-run place. So- <laughs> That's a bee slap right across the face to Bill Barr, who deserves it. All right. So, Tucker, whatever happened to Mike Pence? Trump, in my opinion, Mike Pence. Uh, Trump says, in my opinion, Mike Pence had the absolute right to send the votes back to the leg- legislatures. Let's take a listen. Whatever happened to Mike Pence? You've always been nice to Pence. I've never heard you criticize Pence. You've defended him in public many, many times. He's out there attacking you. Um, what is that? So Mike wants to run for president. you got to understand, in my opinion, Mike Pence had the absolute right to send the votes back to the legislatures. Uh, the Democrats and everybody said, you don't have the right. In other words, what I said, is he a human conveyor belt? You mean, if he finds fraud in Pennsylvania, in Georgia, in any of these states, Arizona, he has to send them to Mitch McConnell, right? That's right, sir. Well, if he finds fraud, he has to? Yes, sir. I said, so he's just, so he's a conveyor belt. Boom, put him in. I said, I don't agree with that. And we had some lawyers, not all. We had some lawyers that said, no, you do have the right to send them back to the legislatures to be rechecked. Because if you looked at what went on in Wisconsin, who, by the way, now agree with me, Wisconsin has been virtually, other than the fact they're not allowed to do anything statutorily, but Wisconsin has been, I mean, what they found is incredible. I mean, we won Wisconsin. But Mike Pence had the right, in my opinion, to send them back. Do you ever talk to him now? Uh, No, I haven't spoken to him in a long time. Uh, I was very disappointed in him. I didn't want to do what Thomas Jefferson did. Thomas Jefferson, it was Georgia. And it was, hear ye, hear ye, the great state of Georgia is not capable or allowed to tabulate their votes. And Thomas Jefferson, who was the vice president, said, is Georgia sure that they cannot tabulate their votes? Georgia is sure. He didn't send it back and have him redo it. He said, we will keep the votes of the great state of Georgia for Thomas Jefferson and his president. I didn't ask him for that. Could have done that too, but I didn't. I thought that would be turmoil. I asked him to send him back to his legislature, to the legislatures, you know, in Wisconsin, let's say. But, but why didn't he? I mean, you, you'd worked together for four years. You're the president. He's VP. You're, you say you're aligned on everything. I think he got very bad advice. Wow. And that's a pretty bold thing for Trump to do, uh, you know, given the fact that he's having to somehow turn himself in. So, you know, uh, he's, you know, under indictment in Fulton County. I, I, like I said, I'm looking forward to the discovery on that because I think that they're going to get some truth bombs that are going to make it very inconvenient for the deep state. Tucker Carlson, Trump was right. Pence could have sent the elections electors back to the states. Let's take a listen to this. But it's very interesting. So after the election was over, 
the rhinos got together with the Democrats and they redid the election so you couldn't do it anymore. So then I called the people. I said, so in other words, you're saying I was right. You could do it. Yes, you could do it. In other words, they took the Voting Act and they redid it so the vice president no longer has the power to do what I said he could do. So when that happened, I said, wow. So and, you know, you'd look some of these Democrats in the eye and they say he has absolutely no right to do it. And immediately after the election, they met rhinos, could name them all, and Democrats, and they approved legislation that takes away the right of the vice president to do it. So I said, ah, so you're saying I was right. The vice president did have the right to do it. And they said, yes, he did. But it's very interesting. That's an interesting comment. Did you get all that? I mean, if you didn't rewind uh, on the podcast, this is live, so you can't. But um, crazy, right? So here's how here's how the Tucker Carlson uh, interview opened. President, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Why aren't you at the Fox News debate tonight in Milwaukee? Well, By the way, this was 46 minutes. We're not playing the whole thing, so just giving you a little taste. Well, you know, a lot of people have been asking me that, and many people said you shouldn't do them, but you see the polls have come out, and I'm leading by 50 and 60 points. And, you know, some of them are at one and zero and uh, two. And I'm saying, do I sit there for an hour or two hours, whatever it's going to be, and uh, get harassed by people that shouldn't even be running for president. Should I be doing that? Uh, and a network that isn't particularly friendly to me, frankly. You know, they uh, they were backing Ron DeSanctimonious like crazy, and now they've given up on him. I mean, he's it's a lost cause. It's reminded me very much of 2016. You know, in 2016, I went through the same stuff and had to fight them all the way, and then they became very friendly after I won, or just about when I was winning. But I just felt it would be... Uh, more appropriate not to do the debate. I don't think it's uh, right to do it. Uh, if you're leading by 50, 60, I have one poll, I'm leading by 70 points, and I'm saying, why am I doing it? And I'm going to have eight people, 10 people, whoever made the debate, I don't know how many it is, but I'm going to have all these people screaming at me, shouting questions at me, all of which I love answering, I love doing, but it doesn't make sense to do them. So uh, I've taken a pass, as it's, you probably noticed. Oh, I, I did not. I'm grateful that you did. Um, it's interesting, though, because you spent a lot of your career in television. Yeah. Um, you would a top show in television on NBC. Um, but you don't feel the need now running for president to do television, obviously. Do you think television is declining? Well, according to a poll that I guess we just saw, it just came out where it's down like 30, 35 percent. But I think they were talking referring to cable. I think cable's down because it's lost credibility. MSNBC, or as they say, MSDNC, is so bad. It's so wrong what they write and what they do and what they say. It's, you know, it's fake news, as I said. I think I came up with that term. I hope I did because it's a good one. It's not tough enough anymore. It's corrupt news. You know, really what you do is call it corrupt news, but somehow that doesn't play as nicely. But uh, it is corrupt news. So you have uh, MSNBC and you have CNN, who's absolutely doing no ratings at all. I mean, they're dead. But they're doing none because they don't have credibility. They really don't have credibility. Fox is way down, as you know. And uh, the good old days are, are long ago. I will say this. Uh, it could come back, but they, have, they just don't have a lot of credibility. Tucker, you know that perhaps better than anybody. I think it was a terrible move getting rid of you. You were number one on television, and all of a sudden you're, 
we're doing this interview, but we'll get bigger ratings using this crazy forum that you're using than probably, uh, probably the debate or competition. When you, when you say there are people on stage who shouldn't be running for president, who do you mean? Well, I don't want to really use names, but it wouldn't matter too much. A guy like, uh, I call him Ada Hutchinson. It's Asa, but I call him Ada. Uh, Why do you I call him Ada? Know, I, you know, I could tell you, but I don't want to get myself in a little trouble. But he's weak and pathetic, and he was, uh, I never understood the guy. I never knew him. He was the governor of Arkansas. I did not a very popular guy. I don't know how he, but that state is such a great state. The people are so incredible yes. in that state, and they love me, and I love them. How does this guy get elected governor of Arkansas? But he's nasty always and uh, has been. Uh, a guy like Chris Christie, a guy left with a 8%, think of it, 8% approval rating in New Jersey. Now he's running for president, and he runs solely on the basis, oh, let's get Trump. Let's, he's like a savage uh, uh, maniac. He's like a lunatic. And that's all he talks about. His poll numbers are very, very low. He's about 2%. What's he like? You know him well. well I've, had, I've been friendly with him over the years, but I couldn't give him a, a job because I just never trusted him very much. Uh, I was just never one of his people that really trusted him. I never gave him the job. And that's one of the reasons he feels so hurt and so betrayed. And I understand that. I really do. I understand it. But I never gave him. You know, he wanted to be different things. He was looking at different uh, elements of the administration and we decided uh, I decided just I didn't want to I didn't want to do it and now I'm glad I did because you see but you know we had some some great people I had great people we'll have even better people if we do this because now I know Washington before I didn't know Washington but guys like Bill Barr were terrible I mean they were I would say bushies Uh, I say that with respect to the Bush family but they were bushies and uh, just it doesn't work out for us. We it was a, clear. Yeah. This is kind of far afield, but it was just interesting. I read Barr's account of his time. He wrote a book about it, right? Uh, his autobiography, and in it, he lies about Jeffrey Epstein's death. Clearly, lies. Uh, do you, Do you think Epstein killed himself sincerely? I don't know. I, I will say that you know he was a fixture in Palm Beach. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Barr said about it either. I have no idea what he said. What did he say? He killed himself, probably? He said he killed himself and that they were going to do this investigation. They never did the investigation. It's never been public. And they hid it. And like, why are they doing that? So we we just heard that already. Those are some special sound bites we had. But um, you get the idea where that went. It was pretty entertaining. I haven't seen the whole thing. Or I would have chopped it up and I would have... um, Took out my highlights. I haven't. I haven't. Yesterday, I had a, quite a day. I had a lot of things happened uh, yesterday for for me personally that I had to deal with a lot of different things. Didn't have as much time to put into this, but uh, in any case, um, Breitbart says this: Fox News airs ad by China-owned TikTok during GOP primary debate. Huh. I don't know what this is. Let's take a listen to this together. Or not. No. This would have happened without TikTok. Oh, that was a TikTok ad. All right. To give mobility scooters to veterans. It has changed my life tremendously. None of this would have happened without TikTok. Oh, helping veterans. TikTok. (laughs) That's what they were saying. Okay. Now, we're going to give you the rundown. All right, so this is 
the opening of Fox and Friends today. These are a series of sound bites that you might want to hear. Some of the zingers and stuff like that. Let's take a listen. Down. Who the heck is this skinny guy with a funny last name, and what the heck is he doing in the middle of this debate stage? I think it's time for an accountant in the White House. I was a House conservative <laughs> leader before it was cool. America can do for anyone what she's done for me. I'm from a town of 300 people. It's a big deal to make it on this stage. The job of the President of the United States is to stand for truth. I'll bring out the best of America. It is time for a new generational conservative leader. The American people will have a champion for life in the Oval Office. We're in the middle of a national identity crisis. This country could use somebody in the White House that understands small town values. I will never let the deep state bureaucrats lock you down. Margaret Thatcher said, if you want something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. The only war- Yeah, I mean, that's such an old passe. I cannot stay. Nikki Haley's got to be one of the least, uh, one of my least favorite rhinos of all time. Honestly, what she did with Dylan Roof, number one, um, in in taking down the rebel flag because of Dylan Roof, she she empowered Dylan Roof. She's so moronically stupid that she actually uh, allowed herself to do that and doesn't even know that she did it. For her to be a UN ambassador under Trump, that was a bad pick for Trump. But I think he was trying to pick up South Carolina. Uh, I think it was just a double edge there because South Carolina's got some funny politics. War that I will declare will be the war on the federal administrative state. Break the backs of the teachers' unions. We need transparency in the classroom. That is the biggest threat to our country, not UFOs. The U.S. Constitution, it is the strongest guarantor of freedom. That is what will win us the revolution of 2024. I will get the job done. 2024 is make or break. All right, so there it is. Now here's the rundown. Here, this is a this actually was pretty good encapsulation of what happened last night. In case you didn't watch it, like I didn't, I did not watch it because I didn't want to give Fox News the ratings. Number one, number two, it was a waste of time. I, my mind's already made up, and uh, Trump is already the the one that I mean the issues they're talking about. Trump has done perfectly well on all the issues trump did everything right you know he can't help the attacks that come his way that are just so frivolous but that that's where we are there's a scene coming up in this segment that i'm going to pause on where they were asked to raise their hand if they would support trump even if he got convicted vivek without hesitation raised his hand and then Nikki Haley as a follower rhino that she is. It was like a strategy. They weren't even listening to the question. They were basically lifting their hand based on poll numbers. You know, not standing on their own two feet. The only person that stood alone was Vivek. Or Vivek, actually. Vivek. And so you saw Burgum, who actually, 64 years old, Played a game of pickup basketball on the same day and tore his Achilles heel and was still up on stage. But, you know, no one knows who he is and he's from Wisconsin, I guess. I don't, I don't know where he's from. But in any case, 
Tim Scott then raised his hand with Nikki Haley. They're both South Carolinans, so you know they were a day late and a dollar short. If it was uh, Lindsey Graham, he would hesitate too. You know, but it was interesting to see the delay. And then the worst of all was Chris Christie. He was the last one to raise his hand, and he raised it halfway up, almost to say, "I didn't really raise my hand." So he, he, he hedged his bet and he shook his head while he did it and he shook his head left and right. So why even bother? If you're, if you're going to be whiffy, whiffle waffle on it, someone comes back to, to ask him the question. If you see, if you look closely, I didn't. I didn't raise my hand. Or if you look closely, I did raise my hand. He, he wants it both ways. He doesn't want to take a stand on anything. But he's been bashing Trump the worst of all candidates. And then Asa Hutchinson was the only one. He wanted to be the loner. So they waited to see what others were going to do, and they postured themselves on that. It wasn't about answering the question for the American people. But let's take a listen. This is a really good, really good um, presentation for this. Let's now is not the time for on-the-job training. We don't need to bring in a rookie. Cheesy. The last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama, and I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur standing on stage tonight. Come over and give me a hug. <laughs> give me a hug just the like same. you did to Obama. States of America. The problem that Vivek doesn't understand is he wants to hand Ukraine to Russia. He wants to let China eat Taiwan. Nikki Haley came off like it's it's terrible. You're going to hear Brian Kilmeade kiss her butt because Brian Kilmeade loves sending money to Ukraine and buys into Lindsey Graham. Putin is evil. And doubles down on that foreign policy, which is completely bogus and ridiculous. And uh, Vivek held his ground on that, but we're going to listen to that in a minute. We have no Let foreign me- policy experience, and it shows. And you know- well, Vivek was slammed, as you guys heard there, but he also got so much time then responding on the stage because That's every right. time his name was mentioned, he got to speak yet again. The candidates talked about the economy, a hot topic. By the way, because he got so much time, that's why the Drudge Poll put him ahead. The Drudge Poll put him as the, as the takeaway leader. And that's why I think also that he's going to run away with this because everybody was picking on him like he is the threat, not DeSantis. And by doing that, and by him saying, I'm the only one here that's spending my own money on my own campaign. I'm not owned by spon- uh, corporate sponsors goes a long way. It's like, ah, oh, that's what that's that's how Trump did it. And so it's a winning formula, I think. And so what you're gonna find, I'll be shocked if I'm wrong on, on this. But I'm just uh, me, you know, with my own prog- prognostication, I think that Vivek is gonna separate from DeSantis as a result of the debate. And then it'll be interesting to see who Trump chooses, right? So let's take a listen. For voters who say they're paying more for everything. 
must reverse Bidenomics so that middle class families have a chance to succeed again. We cannot succeed as a country if you are working hard and you can't afford groceries, a car, or a new home. We also cannot succeed when the Congress spends trillions and trillions of dollars. Those rich men north of Richmond have put us in this situation. But Nikki Haley pushed back, saying it's Republicans' fault, not Joe Biden's. The truth is that Biden didn't do this to us. Our Republicans did this to us, too. When they passed that $2.2 trillion COVID stimulus bill, they left us with 90 million people on Medicaid, 42 million people on food stamps. No one has told you how to fix it. I'll tell you how to fix it. They need to stop the spending. I think it's time for an accountant in the White House. A conversation about abortion, rather, took center stage in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. All the candidates up there identified as pro-life, but differed on that federal ban. And can't we all agree that we are not going to put a woman in jail or give her the death penalty if she gets an abortion? We need to stop demonizing this issue. Immigration, a main issue for voters across the country. Candidates weighed in on their border policies. The most pressing need of the American people from a national security standpoint is our southern border. As the next president of the United States, I will make that border wall complete. So former President Trump was not at the debate and was not a main focus of the night. It wasn't mentioned until about an hour in. But Asa Hutchinson and Chris Christie were booed when they said they wouldn't back him to be the nominee if he's charged. If former President Trump is convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Please raise your hand if you would. All right. So right now, the only person's hand that's up is Vivek's. And then uh, Nikki Haley and Tim Scott. And then Burgum. And that's the whole right side of the stage, or if you're... Left stage left, but uh, viewer right. Um, and DeSantis looks over at them. So does Christie. So does Asa Hutchinson. Pence is just looking straight ahead, like he does. He thinks he's he thinks he's like disciplined. I'm not going to look and sway my vote. But let's take a listen. So then DeSantis does, and he kind of like wobbles his head. And then as soon as DeSantis does, Pence does. So basically, Pence is just nothing but a little follower, right? A good for nothing. And so is DeSantis. And then Chris Christie wiggles his finger and raises it and shakes his head left and right like no. But he did raise his hand. So what does that mean? And on January 6th, the candidates reflecting and then reacting to Mike Pence. Do you believe that Mike Pence did the right thing on January 6th? So here's what we need to do. We need to end the weaponization of these federal agents. But, right. but I will do that. So Vice President Pence, what do you, of the what, what do you the think Vice States is to support and defend the Constitution of the United States? I think, I, I think the American people deserve to know whether everyone on this stage agrees that I kept my oath to the Constitution that day. Mike did his duty. I got no beef with him. But here's the thing. Is this <laughs> what we're going to be focusing on? Vivek Ramaswamy was the only candidate who said he could not support more funding for Ukraine. 
Is there anyone on stage who would not support the increase of more funding to Ukraine? We would would not support But Ramaswamy did get a lot of praise for a stance on families across the Wait, let's see, hear that. Is again. there anyone on stage who would not support the increase of more funding to Ukraine? We would, would not support. So, so it's basically Vivek and not so much DeSantis, even though everybody else kept their hand down. But Ramaswamy did get a lot of praise for a stance on families across America. Listen. And so part of the problem is we also have a federal government that pays single women more not to have a man in the house than to have a man in the house, contributing to an epidemic of fatherlessness. And I think that goes hand in glove with the education crisis as well, because we have to remember education starts with the family and the nuclear family is the greatest form of governance known to mankind. And Governor Doug Burgum wasn't sure if he was going to be able to show up to the debate because he was hurt while playing some pickup basketball with his team here in Wisconsin. He had to go to the ER. But in a last-minute decision, he did show up, even with a torn Achilles tendon. They were all wishing me well, uh, and I think I took them a little too literally when they said, go to Milwaukee and break a leg. <laughs> That's a good line. And so those were just some of the highlights, which I know you guys will get to all of the rest. But Americans waking up this morning really just trying to figure out who they think is the best candidate, who was personable up on the stage, who was able to connect with everyone, and who talked about the issues, right, that people care about here. So we all know Brian is going to be here throughout the morning talking with lots of people, including Governor Ron DeSantis, Doug Burgum, and Rana McDaniel. So we'll have to see what they thought about the debate. We'll send it back to you. All right. Uh, thanks so much. And by the way, we just watched Governor Bergram come right through. He's going to be with us shortly, and he seems to be walking fine with only one Achilles, which is pretty amazing. He tore it. They said, don't walk on it and don't stand on it. He goes, I got to do both. And he left. Uh, that, was, that was the advice he got from the Bucks uh, team trainer who they were able to get yesterday. Meanwhile, the best thing about the debate is the jabs at each other, those unscripted moments when one attacks the other. Trump was attacked the most with six. Ramaswamy tied him with six. The foreign policy areas where Nikki Haley was ready to attack because the foreign policy that was put out there by Vic Ramaswamy, let's just say this, uh, rather unique. Listen to this exchange between the two. And for me, Nikki Haley is on the right side of this one. Okay, listen to Brian show his true colors, right? Nikki Haley's on the right side of this one. Total BS. Every sense of the word. Watch. This is just to me. This is sad for sad for Brian Kilmeade. Listen to him again. Policy that was put out there by Vic Ramaswamy. Let's just say this: uh, rather unique. Listen to this. It's not unique to not support Ukraine. Trump could end this Ukraine conflict through economics alone, through oil incentives alone, through a lot of different ways. There's the Minsk Agreement. Brian Kilmeade doesn't want to talk about any of that. You know, that uh, Boris Johnson tried to sabotage and that wasn't signed by Ukraine. And this whole NATO aggression thing needs to stop. This whole G7 uh, climate change initiative needs to stop. Vivek was the only one that called climate a hoax, and it is. Exchange between the two. And for me, Nikki Haley is on the right side of this one in every sense of the word. Watch. 
A win for Russia is a win for China. We have to know that. Ukraine is the first line of defense for us. And the problem that Vivek doesn't understand is he wants to hand Ukraine to Russia. He wants to let China eat Taiwan. He wants to go and stop funding Israel. You don't do that to friends. What you do instead is you have the backs of your friends. Ukraine is a front line of defense. Putin has said if Russia, once Russia takes Ukraine, Poland and the Baltics are next. That's a world war. That is a complete and total and utter lie. What Nikki Haley just told you there is a total lie. That was never the intention for the invasion of Ukraine or Crimea. It was ports. It was energy distribution. And it was a whole host of other things. But the only thing that she said that was possibly true is that the fight over Ukraine, once because Russia and Ukraine, Russia and China are already aligned, they're already aligned. So once you once Russia takes over Ukraine, Ukraine is going to probably be more aligned with BRICS than it is G seven. You know, so that's what it is, and so they're struggling to to get some leverage in that region uh, and take it away from BRICS. Uh, because with Ukraine and Russia together, uh, that has a huge impact on the European Union and where their alliance is. And if their allegiance leans more toward China as a result of this geopolitical landscape, it has a negative impact then on things that would never work in those countries, like the globalist movement, like Klaus Schwab's BS and his climate and scamdemics and plandemics. So you have to understand that the, what's going on there is that they lose Ukraine the, the way, in their eyes, I don't think Ukraine's that important. But if they lose Ukraine, then basically they lose that European leverage uh, to BRICS and China and India and to that whole other uh, New World Order uh, side, like like a scale. And it has bigger influence over European energy which has an impact on World Economic Forum dominance. You have to see it through that globalist lens in order to get the picture. War. We're trying to prevent war. Look at what Putin did today. He killed Pergozin. When I was at the UN, the Russian ambassador suddenly died. This guy is a murderer. Pergozin was the Wa- Wagner uh, group leader. Using a murder over, over a pro American country. I wish you well in your future career on the boards of Lockheed and Raytheon. You know, I'm not uh, the fact of the matter, Boeing came off of it, but you've been pushing this lie. You've Lockheed been pushing this lie all week, Nikki. You want Nikki. to go and defund Israel? This, you want to okay, let me address that. China? I'm glad you, you brought that up. You want to go and give Ukraine less so the reality make America is, less safe. You have no foreign me, policy experience, and it shows. And you know what? The foreign policy experience that you all have shows in the Now listen to this. You're going to hear Brian Kilmeade. Act like a bumbling fool when he supports Nikki Haley. So, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Vivek, to defunding, he knows there's a part of the Republican Party that wants nothing to do with doing anything except for maybe, to a degree, confronting China, unless that's anything to do with defending Taiwan. And Nikki Haley couldn't wait to defend her position. We'll see where the American people stand. I thought, also thought it was interesting, too, uh, that uh, he, he was called out by Mike Pence, too, on the foreign policy area. So see, Steve, where, uh, where the American people fa- fall on this, because I think Donald Trump agrees more with Vivek Ramaswamy than he does with his former U.N. ambassador. Right. Uh, so we'll see. I'm sure he'll do use his truth social to weigh in. You never know. I, you know, the good thing about uh, last night, without Donald Trump there, we could actually hear all of those eight candidates talk about policies for the most part. And we saw a lot of policy difference. And so people can make up their mind. Nikki Haley, who we did a kind of an informal uh, survey here in the studio, and I talked to some of my friends last night, and they said that they felt that she ran away with the show. The she day, did uh, not. Ramshwami, uh, you know, there's a lot of buzz about him because a lot of people saw him for the very first time last night, and they're going, who is that guy? And he was, I think he was the, had the most Google searches yesterday. He, he's the youngest guy, had a lot of energy. Uh, he came in hot and probably came in a little too hot. The Wall Street Journal this morning says he sounded like a young man in too much of a hurry. Uh, and essentially what he's doing is he's running to be Donald Trump's biggest defender. And he did, he did hack off, it seems like, the entire uh, dais last night there in Milwaukee. We've got essentially the zinger of the night. And I thought that uh, Governor... Yes, Ainsley. Sorry, I just want to say one thing before She's we pointing. get... Before we get off... Yes, just ma'am. raising my hand. Before we get off this topic about uh, foreign policy, because I was glad Nikki Haley hammered him on it, because a lot of people really like Vivek. They like his... He's a billionaire. Fox he News seems in to, bed with you know, the when she sounds says cute, that. working out with his wife. They're very impressive. He has these two beautiful children. He said, we've been Our running beach. for something. We need to run towards something now. The American vision. He has some good lines and he's brilliant you know he's a billionaire but his foreign policy a lot of people have a question about it and and nikki haley hammered him he kept saying false 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 so i wanted to hear what he said i wanted to hear his rebuttal and i wasn't impressed with it it was not satisfactory he said basically i like what israel does at its border we should do the same thing and i like israel's iron dome but that didn't answer the question you want to defund you don't want us to give money to israel and the taiwan he didn't address taiwan he really wants to give china uh, Taiwan and then not give any funding at all to Ukraine and allow Putin to invade and possibly continue on into Poland and the Baltics, like Nikki Haley said. And you know what? And to my point, that is why it was so great to have, uh, you know, all of the eight candidates there because you could clearly hear their policy positions. And his policy position is something that makes a lot of Americans uncomfortable. Uh- you know, what we're dealing with is an overpowered China. They don't need to be this powerful. And if Trump would have fulfilled his phase one, phase two uh, economic agreement, trade agreement, uh, it was pretty unilateral, not bilateral like our multinational, like these treaties like TPP and, and, uh, you know, the Paris Agreement, all these different multinational uh, agreements. They're pretty pathetic. We're going to we are going to go ahead and take this call. Um, I think this is John from. Chicago area. John. Morning, Scott. Well, I, we know that Vivek's uh, policies make uh, Fox News uh, uh, glitterati uncomfortable, but I don't think they make most people uncomfortable. And I think um, 
I heard that uh, he won some post-debate poll last night. I did not watch. Yeah, it was it was but the I Drudge. It was the Drudge poll. The Drudge poll. Okay, and that, who knows how scientific that is? But it wasn't. But it I wasn't scientific. But I actually have to say that because everybody picked on him, I think that he won the night just sheerly because of solely because of that. Yeah, that's probably true. But I mean, one thing is the the Warhawks did not. And you look at you know a guy like Pence. Pence comes off as plastic and a hack. Nikki Haley is screeching. I mean, these people, they never justify why do we have an interest in these countries. And the only thing they can come up with is Putin's going to invade Western Europe, which has no basis in fact, nothing he said. There's no, they've never done that without being attacked first, at least you know, with Germany or France, and, I mean, yeah, with Napoleon. But that's never happened. There's no basis for that. And they've never talked about that. They've talked about Ukraine again and again and again. But that's all ignored by these people, just as if somehow we can go in and do this with Ukraine. If they did the same with Mexico, we'd go with bananas. So I think uh, Ramaswamy's policy, I, I think he took the right position. A, it's, it's sort of a minority position among the candidates. But B, I think it's the right position. And what it's unbelievable. We should be talking about foreign, foreign policy. You know what I'm talking about. We, the enemy is here in Right, the Democratic Party on the left, and we have so many problems, and they're driven and by the globalist agenda. Right, right, and they're going to lose us the election if, if these guys get elected. So that, and I, I did like, uh, I think it was DeSantis I heard who said, "I will not lock you down again." I think that's popular, particularly given that there are rumors and rumbles that these people are going to try it again to us over this supposedly new variant of of COVID, and if. Yeah, it's so that was welcome news to hear somebody say. On and you know day. what else? You know what's you know what the the killer is? No pun intended. Is they're actually going to release a bioweapon to do it again. Meaning it's not going to be fake as much as it's going to be that they're going to basically unleash poison to create so much chaos that the election will be completely you know destroyed. Well, I hope to God not, but if they can create a crisis and keep people at home again, they might be able to get away with another big, big, big spending package. Yeah, and quickly, we have our end, end of the show music. Do you have anything else? Yeah. What else? Well, no, I said the, the big spending package that carried them into 2024. That may be the strategy. That's all I have. Thanks. All right. Hey, thanks, John, for calling in. Take Thank care. You. Bye. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out magapack.org magapack.org and make a donation if you can uh, to help keep this show help to keep this show commercial free and uh, because we run our commercials elsewhere but we like to keep this show pure and free and not influenced by advertisers uh, so making a donation over at magapack.org helps also don't forget go to mypillow.com for your pillow products and use Red State as your promo code. That's Red State. All right. With that, my name's Scott Adams. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next time Just a on the radio. Right Bye, everybody.